get to a place in life where I feel more myself than I ever had. And so it brings in a lot of themes. It brings in the theme of sustainable tourism, but more because I'm sharing the stories that I had throughout Southeast Asia. And and there is there's a lot a few love stories in there because, you know, in order to become or in order to move into new cycles of life, we need to let go. And I think that one of the key messages in the book is about letting go and how do we let go of these old versions of ourselves and sometimes that means we have to let go of people and place and and how I allowed myself to take these journeys inwards and specifically be helped by some of the practices that I'd found in Nepal. Hi everyone, welcome to Now Boarding, a new travel podcast by me, Payal Nair. This show aims at creating awareness about ecotourism, sustainable tourism, responsible travel and a lot more. We will cover stories and journeys of people who are ecotourism specialists and those who are leaders in their field. We will also be talking to people who have had unique travel experiences, remarkable conceptual places to stay, unexplored cultures and ancient histories of various towns and cities around the world. Join me in this journey of knowing more about travel. Get inspired to see the world and discover your inner self. Hi everyone, today I am in conversation with Bianca Caruana. Bianca is an Australian Maltese author, she's a blogger, she's a podcast host and she specializes in stories that ignite thoughts surrounding compassion, ethics and sustainability and she's also the founder of altruistic traveler and as she mentioned to me before we started the conversation that you can pronounce it altruistic or altruistic whichever way you prefer so thank you so much for joining me today Bianca thank you so much it's so nice to be here yes I I actually have a story about the name of that blog I was listening to a talk by an Australian philosopher called Peter Singer about the most good that we can do in the world and he talks about this concept of effective altruism around sort of measuring the way that we impact those in those around us but specifically those in need and so that word kind of stuck with me in one of his talks on effective altruism and went on to become the title of my blog interesting excellent and what's the title of your book the title of my book is soul truth soul truth okay we'll get to that in a bit so I wanted to ask you how you became interested in promoting sustainable travel and what exactly inspired you to, you know, incorporate it in your content and your platform. Yeah, so for me, I had have always been a bit of an advocate for equality and human rights. From a teenager, I really was interested in the concepts of giving back and ways that we could you know, create an equal world for all. I mean, if we're going to go into horoscopes, I'm Cancerian. <laughs> there's a softness, there's a gentleness there, there's, you know, this nurturing quality and and maybe that ties in. But I also was raised in Sydney, Australia, in, you know, a, a country that has a lot of privileges. And so for me, it was really kind of about how do I allow others to kind of be having the same privileges as me or just creating a more equal world. And so 
that was always sort of something that I cared about. I was always keeping up to date with different NGOs. And, and then when I left my corporate job in 2014, I kind of had one of those fork in the road of life moments where I realized that I was on a path completely unaligned with my values. And, you know, sometimes I think we go down certain paths and one day we realize, hmm, this is not where I'm meant to be. And so one of the, I think I, I, ne- I knew I needed to remove myself from, from that career and, and have a huge change. And so I decided to spend one year in Southeast Asia and make a commitment to doing that. And I didn't really just want to, this was back in the beginning when travel blogs were sort of just starting out. I mean, we didn't, we sort of were starting to have the technology to be able to document what we do, but I never really wanted to just be a a travel blogger and talk about just places for the sake of talking about them. And so I think many people who decide to go down that path, they have a niche. And I thought, I'm very interested in how this industry can contribute to to positive causes. And so I was just deeply interested in the intersection of tourism and community development. And that kind of evolved over the years into talks about sustainability and, and now even, you know, the ethics of the way that we embrace tourism and the many facets of this industry. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I I worked in the travel industry for several years, and I also had a bit of a eureka moment where I said, okay, do I really want to do this a long time? I was in it for like 15, 20 years. And then I said, no, I want to do something completely different. And my show now boarding, it's, it's fairly, I think I'm probably 50 episodes in. And I felt unlike Melting Pot, which is like over 250 episodes in. So I just felt that I needed to also talk to people who are so passionately pursuing, trying to bring in this whole awareness on tourism, the importance of sustainability within it. And, And I absolutely feel that there are so many people out there and it's important for their voices to be heard and you know create this awareness and so when my team came across your profile I was really interested because it so aligns with what I have in mind and the focus that I have for now boarding so that's really interesting so Moving on to you, are there any sort of very, very specific sustainable travel practices that you personally follow when you're exploring different places? Sure. Yeah, it's a good question. And I think I just wanted to touch on something that you said about awareness. I think this space is a a space where we as stakeholders in this industry we we are encouraged to step forward into this space with a space of conscious awareness about the way we are interacting with places, interacting with people in the same way that we would do that in our day-to-day lives. And you know, I get asked this question a lot around what a what a what is your number one tip or you know, what are some tips you have? And I think it really does first start with a conscious awareness about the way that we move through this world 
the privileges that we have to move through this world and to also maybe change the the narrative and the discourse that we we use, which is making it so traveler centric. I think what fundamentally sustainable tourism, one of the pillars of sustainable tourism is really to be having a collaborative approach to the way that we share space. And so as a traveler, I think that means to go into a place with awareness about how am I impacting the local people here? How can I do that in, in a positive way? Does that mean that I that I support a tour operator or a local tour operator that is actively making sure that the the people in in this company are getting paid or the local workers are getting paid one example is the porters in Machu Picchu in Peru I know that there actually is a a lot of inequality there and not a lot of those porters are getting paid what they they should be getting paid and so there's a lot of exploitation there and so sort of having an awareness about that and asking these kind of questions would be one pillar that I would say is very important to sustainable tourism so because it's about people and it's about making this industry it's it's about eliminating inequality in this industry I think so you focus a lot on the preservation of cultural heritage and community wherever you you travel. And I think that's important to do. And so can you, are there any examples? Oh, I think we did not really cover the question that I asked you earlier, right? <laughs> so maybe we can briefly talk about that before you move before we move on to to my next question. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think to educate yourself around sort of the social and economic and geopolitical environments of the places that we go to. So that way we're sort of stepping in there with more of an awareness to eat at local restaurants, support, engage in an activity. So one example is Airbnb experiences allows local people to provide their tours on there. So you know that most of the money is going directly to those people. And then if we move to the, so there's cultural preservation and then, then there's a focus on ensuring that there is no environmental degradation. And so as travelers, I think that means to be conscious about the waste that we're producing to be advocates for this movement, maybe not supporting having your hotel cleaned every day, staying in a hotel that's using a lot of water. You know, I think the more that we speak up and the more that we say that we would prefer not to do these things, that's when hotels will make changes. And you're seeing hotels making changes already, for example, having soap that is not just single-use plastic throw away, but they're actually filling the soap containers. And it's all those small things, but I think as stakeholders, we, by saying that these are the things that we want, they're the that's what these providers are going to be doing. So have you seen an impact through your blogs and some some examples of people having gotten back to you to say that, thank you, we went to such and such place and we engaged with the community and we followed your advice and your suggestions and we feel that we have made an impact. 
Actually, yeah, this has happened to me. So I wrote a blog post about ethical and sustainable sustainable eateries in Siam Reap, Cambodia. And what I define as these the parameters in what I would define by putting people in this blog, putting restaurants on this blog are those that are, have a commitment to their sustainability, have a commitment to giving back to the local community and I had some feedback by saying, thank you so much. We really enjoyed being able to find this information. And I think that that as my role as a blogger is to be able to make it easier for people to find this information. And so I found some of my listicle articles, although they might not be 10 of the most Instagrammable places in Thailand, they're, I guess, educational for people that are seeking out these kind of things and so when I use words like sustainable community impact ethical these are the times where those that are searching and and this is also for people that may be new to this if this is something that you want to do use these words in your keyword searches in google and you'd be surprised how different a niche you will find of many people that are doing what I'm doing and raising awareness and allow and making it easier for you to make these kind of decisions. Have you in the past 10 years or it's been almost 10 years since you, you said 2014 is when you started. So have you seen a shift with travelers, with communities on how they are incorporating sustainable travel into their way of life? Have you seen, what are the kind of changes that you have kind of observed personally? I think personally, I have, the, the strongest change that I have seen is not from the bottom up, it's been from the top down. So, for example, governing bodies like Thailand, I think they decided that they were going to close Maya Bay for a season to help with the regeneration of the environment there. Similarly, in Boracay in the Philippines, I think to completely change the mindset of traveling to less of a, for lack of a better word, hedonistic action to some way of giving back. I think that requires a lot of shifting of our conscious awareness. And I also think that people were lacking the tools. There's a very big difference between pre and post pandemic tourism. Pre pandemic tourism, we were starting to see people build these tools. There was a wonderful platform called I Like Local where you could just find homestays directly with the local community and sadly a lot of those tools they they closed down because of the pandemic and so now we're sort of on the other side where we are slowly seeing growth and one positive thing is that which I learned about recently is the use of AI in this space to create better technology that is allowing people to uh, connect more with community. And one example as well that I felt to share is the digitization and the economic development of the continent of Africa and how a lot of startups and social entrepreneurs are now being able to use digital tools to help people to connect better with community and, and with initiatives there. 
So for me, that's been the biggest change that I've seen over these years. From a traveler perspective, it does feel as though there was this urge for us to get back out there and the ways in which we are all getting back out there is so individual. But if we look at other trends, like the trend of the elimination of single-use plastic, the fact that people are asking more of a question around the, the supply chains, where their products come from, it is growing and I feel it will grow in parallel, but there is still this hedonism around travel that is, you know, we can, we can't deny that. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your book. What encouraged you to write this book and what is it all about and what kind of an impact do you think it's going to have or it's all you're already starting to see? Yeah, so last year was the seven-year anniversary of The Altruistic Traveller, and we we go through cycles in our life. Specifically, seven years can be a, a new beginning, an ending and a new beginning for many people, and I feel as though I had spent this time creating something which was so important to me, and I felt like there was a part of me that wanted that to be somewhere else, to be somewhere that it was evergreen. And it's not that my book is an, a collection of the stories in my my blog, but it, it does really bring in some of the key themes and the values that I have carried with me through this time. And so it's, it is a story. It's the story of me finding my soul truth. It's the story of the days when I was in corporate and realizing my life was so fundamentally unaligned and going on that journey to meet myself and to understand who I am beneath the expectations of society, the expectations of family, the expectations of myself. And so it became this kind of for me, beautiful representation of the journey of a girl who existed back then and who found her way through all of this to be able to get to a place in life where I feel more myself than I ever had. And so it brings in a lot of themes. It brings in the theme of sustainable tourism, but more because I'm sharing the stories that I had throughout Southeast Asia and and there is there's a lot a few love stories in there because you know in order to become or in order to move into new cycles of life we need to let go and i think that a lot, one of the key messages in the book is about letting go and how do we let go of these old versions of ourselves and sometimes that means we have to let go of people and place and and how i allowed myself to take these journeys inwards and specifically be helped by some of the practices that I'd found in Nepal and places like Nepal features quite prominently in the book. But yeah, it felt to me that it was time now as a writer and as a blogger to to create this, my my own work of art. And that's really what it is for me. Something that that's interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. And just to your other question about how it's been received, I feel as though it's been received by people at all different ages, because I think there is a real key, key theme in there about growth and personal growth and, and growing into these people that we feel we, we want to be, again, away from these kind of the noise that exists all around us, you know, just coming back to ourselves and 
and, and and realizing who we are and and also realizing the impermanence of that but in a beautiful way yeah that's so true what you mentioned nepal and and clearly if you've mentioned it in your book as well there must have been something about your experience there that stays so can you highlight a couple of things that you felt were life-changing for you when you spent whatever months so I'm, I'm not sure how long you were in Nepal but something that really really impacted you yeah so for me so when I did the one year in Southeast Asia I was supposed to go to Nepal that year but I kind of burnt out from my own travel and I never I never made it because I wanted to honor my desire to sort of go back to Australia and to process a lot of what had been happening in some ways I think I left Australia I had just gotten out of a relationship and I let the world distract me without going inwards and really kind of investigating what was going on and so I thought, oh, well, I guess, you know, that's the journey. But I think sometimes places call to us long after we had decided to go there. And so then a year later, I applied to volunteer with a beautiful women's organization that focuses on transparency and supply chain and eradicating modern day slavery. And so I took that opportunity and I went to Nepal for three months and I really just started to remove these layers and, and to slow down inwardly. So I like to describe Kathmandu is it's like chaotic from the outside, but on the inside there's stillness. Whereas in in the Western world or sometimes, you know, in our life, like I'll, I'll use Sydney as an example, from the outside in it looks like like things are everything is perfect but actually from the inside out there is chaos because it's mind heavy we're in a rush there's all this focus on what's next what's next what's next what more 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 and so you go to these places where it's it's the opposite and you cannot help but tap into the energy there and to learn I learned about stillness there I learned to slow down I learned to get rid of all that noise so I could just hear what was going on inside. And so that was really a beautiful opportunity. And of course, it helped that I was surrounded by the Himalayas and ancient lands that are rich in spirituality for as long as, you know, I don't even know how long, but there are definitely, I do believe that the energy of places influences us and Nepal influenced me. That's interesting. That's incredible. Yeah. Will you go back? Well, I did go back recently. I went to do as part of my book tour and that was really beautiful. It was an opportunity to reconnect with people, but I did feel differently and I reflected on that and I thought places don't change as much as we do. Yeah. So and sometimes in the same way that they say people come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime, maybe places do as well. You know, maybe Nepal had served that purpose in my lifetime or maybe there will come a time that I go back. But certainly when I was here recently, you know, it, I don't know if it will ever be what it was in the story. And that's OK, because, again, back to impermanence, 
things yeah, don't stay with us forever. Oh. Yeah, that, yeah, that was an experience that at that time was right for you and the reflections that you got out of it seemed to, for then, seemed to be the way forward. But you've also moved on and moved ahead and you've had other experiences and other learnings. So, yeah, I completely understand where you're coming from. Thank you so much, Bianca. Really enjoyed this conversation. I know we could chat on and on and on, but it's it's we we could probably do a part two of this when you've had some more experiences and probably written another book. But for now, I think it's just been wonderful. And are there any last thoughts that you would like to share with all the listeners and the viewers? Well, just wanted to say thank you so much for holding the space for me and allowing me to share my story. I suppose I would like to just sort of reiterate that the the journey of what a sustainable world looks like, what an equal world looks like, it's something that we're all on together. And, and I don't feel like any of us have the answers. I think in my book, I say the E equals MC squared for global equality. But I think to to move forward with not only an awareness of the way that we show up in the world and what's around us, but but who we are and who we want to be and how authentically are, are we approaching this life. And I feel like when we can start to do that work, when we can start to go inwards, maybe that will help us pave this path more easily. Yes, that is so true. Thank you so much, Bianca. And you have a wonderful, oh, I you're headed to a nice dinner. So have a wonderful dinner and the rest of the week. And we'll talk again soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Now Boarding, a travel podcast. Check out other episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And of course, don't forget to share your thoughts with us. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes only on Now Boarding, a travel podcast.